0: Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast.
1: Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show.
2: Hello, my name is Fergus. I'm your host. Welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm joined today uh, by Alex. And Big T. Sadly, Trevor won't be with us again today. Uh, we'll go into a little bit more detail about that. But we're going to look back at the Leeds game um, and we're going to look ahead to the Northland Derby, plus the usual Guna debate. Uh, thanks, for everyone, for joining. Make sure you keep your comments coming in the chat. Join us and, and, and have your say on the show. Um, Tony, nice to have you back on again. Nice to see that I can actually talk to you and you're not glitching and dropping off and, and
1: so on mate it's been a, it's been a little while it's been a little while although uh, I have seen you on more than one occasion um I'm not sure if if the times I've seen you, you've been sober but it's uh, it's Unrightly. been good to see you it's been good to see you nonetheless mate and uh, obviously coincides with um you know the uh the return of the arsenal form um and champions league boost so yeah it's been a good couple of weeks mate and also back in the hot seat beside me.
2: Hopefully my internet will work okay this time, Alex, and you're not left talking to Tony all on your own. Um, you're in the office at the moment, but I believe you are monitoring Tony from afar after he's um, his, uh, spilling a pint over in the 12 pins. Uh, you're monitoring
0: yep. his ankle tag, aren't you? Definitely, yeah. That's, uh, that's my little job on the side here. So I'm, I'm closely monitoring uh, Big T uh, over from uh, Denmark.
2: <laughs> uh, listen, before we start, um, I do want to shout out to Trev. Um, Trev's not with us uh, for some a couple of reasons. One of them was personal, which I couldn't share with you last week. Um, uh, and I spent all day on Sunday with Trevor, very early start. Uh, Trevor sadly lost his mum. Um, so uh, deepest consolences to Trevor's family and um, his friends. Uh, yeah, he, we had a good day Sunday um, reminiscing and, and, and celebrating Arsenal. And uh, it was the day an anthem came out. And uh, this is Trev on the North Bank after the game.
0: He means he every word.
1: These streets are our own And my heart Will leave you never My blood will forever Run through the storm Love you, Mum Tony? Yeah, Yeah, um, sad news, mate, sad news Obviously, I only see it when I see Trev's post um, Trev's someone I've only recently sort of got to know uh, Knew him through through twitter but since doing these podcasts mate I've got to know him and actually we get on really well he's a top bloke um and yeah just a big shout out to trev his family um you know condolences and um hopefully uh, we'll see him back on on the podcast very soon but um trev all the best mate and I'll I'll catch you tomorrow hmm. um one other thing just while we're in the the somber
2: mode um uh, and in a mode of remembrance um Today is uh, 1985. uh, On uh, May the 11th, 56 people perished, went to a game of football and uh, didn't come back from the Bradford Fire. Uh, We'd just like to pay respects and uh, honour them because I don't think social media honours the Bradford Fire as much as they do maybe some other disasters. Um, I saw you put it on, on Twitter as well, Tony.
1: Yeah, mate. I just it's um it's a bit of a frustration of mine. Um, although I wasn't born uh, in '85, I was born '87. It's obviously a tragedy. I know about. Um, I know its history. Um, and for me, it's, it grates on me a bit because it's a tragedy. I don't think gets anywhere near enough media coverage compared to a lot of other tragedies. I don't know why. I don't know what the reasons are. But um, I always pay my respects every year to the 56 to perish that day. It's a. Uh, it was an absolute tragedy. Um, and it, you know. Real bad luck and I think that, that tragedy actually changed the infrastructure of football because it was obviously a wooden stand and I think after that the structure completely changed. But either way, 56 people lost their lives, so big ups and you know, pay my respects to those guys. Um, you should never go to a football game and not return home. No, agreed, agreed.
2: Well, let's um let's cheer things up a little bit. Um there was <laughs> it's a, some people say a mournful song, but uh Trevor just sang a little bit of it there. Um the angel anthem Alex you heard the angel anthem and you saw it um coming out across Twitter from afar. Uh how did the angel anthem come uh to you on on TV when you were watching it because you weren't actually you were actually in another football game at the same time with uh Watching on a phone, weren't you at the same time with earphones in or something?
0: Yeah, I was. Uh, I was at the Copenhagen derby. Unfortunately, it was uh, at the same time as the as the Arsenal game. But the the guy in front of me, he had his phone out the whole game and was watching the the Arsenal game on his phone. Um, and then, obviously, I've I've watched the game back afterwards. Um, but yeah, mostly I saw you know videos on social media from the the Angel Song, and it was just wonderful to see and. Um, I was surprised by how many people actually caught onto it and and uh, sang along. Because, you know, I I was thinking because a lot of people don't have social media, so they wouldn't have known of the song. And there wasn't, as far as I'm concerned, any lyrics on the screen or anything. So um, I was surprised by how many people um, caught onto it and and sang along.
2: Yeah, there, there was there was no lyrics lyrics on the screen. Um, there was Pavarotti in the North in North Bank, and uh, if you've got like. Pets are animals with like sensitive hearing. Uh, cover their ears right now. <laughs> Outside the stadium, and Tony, isn't isn't that the one that? Um, that's the one that. Oh, let me remove that. That's that's the one that gets my um, my goosebumps. I I I know it was on the north bank, and you can hear my dulcet tones there. But uh, hearing that from an apartment, what? Half a half a kilometer away, sort of thing. It's just it it feels you with a bit of pride, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I hope they caught the bloke who was uh, strangling you uh, during that rendition of uh, <laughs> the angel, mate. You know what I mean? It was. I uh, think it's uh, called Jake. San Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that video that you just posted, the second one, it was uh, Louis Dunford actually posted it. It was his friend's got a flat, um, so he he recorded it. But yeah, I mean, it was brilliant inside the stadium um, and then obviously to see social media, that rendition outside the stadium. I think as as it goes on and as we sort of are progressing, I think that will become more poignant. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant, mate. Um, and it's just, it was typifying typified sort of the arsenal of what we're trying to become, you know, uh, together, united as one. And the fact that Arteta and the players oh. demanded it i think shows you that the progress we're making off the pitch as well you know for for years and years we were so divided and so far away from the players and yet arteta you know regardless of what your opinions are whether you love him or hate him um oh, yeah i thought he was i thought he was great mate and i thought he was a big big plus from the arsenal um, off the pitch in terms of arteta and the players um and the, the longer we're together and more united the better we're going to become as a team, I think, because I think that unity is just, it's just making us, um, sort of us against the world.
2: Yeah. And uh, I, th- I think the second part of the, the, the chorus is, as uh, a little bit, um, people still get confused with, uh, our hearts will leave you never. My blood will run forever through the, uh, through the stone. And I think, especially with beer on board, uh, people did struggle a little bit uh, on that one. Um, and it carried on into the Eaglet afterwards. I went to the Eaglet afterwards, and it was sang um, quite a lot there as well. Um, so, uh, Alex, looking at the Leeds two-one uh, result, uh, Arsenal's lineup. We had no Ben White to start with, and there's a doubt of Ben White uh, for tomorrow evening. What did you make of the lineup, and what did you
0: were you pleased
2: with the overall lineup?
0: Yeah, I think um, I was I was pleased that was the strongest we could put up with uh, except for for Ben White and I was Was happy to see Tom Yasu in there again um, And I think he did so well again um, and I hope that he'll be on man-marking Jungmin min Son uh, tomorrow in the in the game because he he just gives so much stability and he rarely makes any error uh, when playing uh, and I was Quite happy to see Martinelli as well instead of Smith. Or I think he suited the the game better for the for the Leeds game uh, in regards to how they want to play. And um, I mean, he just caused trouble trouble throughout the the whole game. And he was toying around with the with the Leeds players. Martinelli. Um, he assisted a goal, and you know he he was the reason why Luke Ayling got the red card as well. So um, I think he he got a spot on uh, Arteta with the lineup.
2: And Tony, looking at the lineup, which was Ramsdale, Tommy Asu holding G- Gabriel, Cedric, uh, Shaq and Elneny in the centre, uh, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli and, and Ketier up top. Uh, I believe Tommy Asu was swapped round to the opposite uh, flank. Um, he's normally a right-back. He was played left-back and Cedric was put on right-back. Uh, do you think that is in preparation for what Alex was talking about to, uh, for for, um, for tomorrow evening?
1: Uh, I'm not so sure, I'm not so sure, mate. Because um, obviously the, the pundits, commentary team, all the stats, you know, team lineups had Tommy Asu as, as right back, Cedric left back, um, and without being disrespectful to Leeds, you, you're not going to be able to prepare, you know, against Leeds when you're facing, you know, Hong Wing song You know, he, he's like him or hate him, he's a top draw player, and no disrespect, Leeds haven't got anywhere near that quality to, you know, you're not going to be there. I just thought it was a bit of a, a tactical switch. Cedric was obviously more comfortable on the right, as we've seen with Tommy Asu. He seems to be very, very comfortable with both feet, got no problem. He was it was the lineup I expected. The only difference was I thought Tommy Asu would go right back. But just talking about Tommy it's it sort of it, I know it was only Leeds on Sunday, but the difference in Martinelli's performance with Tommy Asu behind him compared to Tavares is, is, is like night and day. The last couple of games, I thought Martinelli's looked looked a little bit. Um, off the pace, a little bit suspect, um, you know, needing to work a bit harder defensively, etc. And yet, with Tommy Asu, you know, behind him, he just he had all the freedom to attack because he knows Tommy Asu can do a job defensively. And this is not, this is not, you know, digging out Tavares. I'm just, I'm more praising Tommy Asu and his qualities because he's. I, I say it all the time: the, the, to find a player of that caliber that, that, let's be honest, the world wasn't really talking about him. No one really knew about him. Nope. You know. He, he was mocked by, obviously, certain folk on Sky Sports. But what a find and what a player. And yet, he's comfortable left-back, right-back. And he's just missed the, like, consistent. There's no there's no arrogance about the man. He just he knows he's got a job to do and he just does it. And that doesn't matter mm. whether it's against, you know, Man City or a lesser team like Leeds. He just does the job. He's He's, he's been the finder the season by a country mile. Yeah, I, I totally agree, I, and 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 just to
2: agree with you on Tavares, I think Tavares uh, is a, a great winger, but not necessarily a great defender. His defensive duties are are less so. A wing back and or fullback? Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So, looking at some of the highs in the game, Eddie, um, Eddie's first goal, a bit of a poacher's goal um, uh, from uh, an error by the Leeds keeper, and then he's on, uh, we get another, we get two goals, basically, in 10 minutes, and Eddie was unlucky not to get a third. Um, what did you think of Eddie's overall performance, especially up, up until, say, the red card uh, incidents then, Alex?
0: Yeah, again, he was, he was just brilliant. He's He's just on a really good, uh, you you can see the confidence and it just keeps building uh, from the last couple of games. Um, I think he was unlucky um, at the West Ham game not to, not to get a goal as well, because he, he really got in some good positions there as well. Um, and you can just see when he keeps coming into these good positions, he was at the perfect position for the second goal uh, at the cutback from from Odegaard. Um, and yeah, you can just see the confidence building. Um, and hopefully he'll take take this confidence into the the Spurs game as well uh, where I think he he's a good fit for for that game because I think we might have a um more low block approach against the uh, Tottenham so I I think he 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 can really utilize his uh, pace in that game Okay, well, we will go into the Tottenham game in in, in
2: a short while because uh, I'm actually quite nervous, but also very, very much looking forward to it. Um, the red card, Tony. Uh, what did you make of the red card? First of all, given as a yellow, then VAR called in and uh, changed from a yellow to a red. Uh, and was it Rafinha was lucky not to go himself for constant
1: badgering of the referee? Um, I must admit, because I, I was... Obviously, similar similar corner to you, mate. Um, I thought it was a bad tackle. I didn't know whether it was a straight red or not. Um, the time I thought it was a red was immediately after the tackle that the two players, one being Rafinha, run straight to the, rest, uh, to the ref to protest, you know, obviously, you know, and try and defend their teammate. So, as soon as the Leeds players done that, I knew that it was obviously a, a bad tackle. Um, within about three seconds, the the, the fellow in front of me had had um, a clip on, a, on Twitter or, or, or BT Sport, whatever it was on. We see it and straight away it was a red card. And then obviously the ref got called uh, and then you knew it was going to be a red card. But yeah, I I couldn't work out whether it was a red or not from where I was. But I thought it was a red by the way that Leeds players run straight over to the ref to protest and try and defend their teammate. Um, It was a stupid foul. Um, Can I just bring up Nketi, obviously you boys were talking about him. I've yep. never hated him. I don't dislike the, you know, guy. I haven't been his biggest fan. You know, I, I've criticised him because I thought that there's been a, a lack of energy, effort, desire, application at times with him. But I must give the man credit. He's coming to this team, and his energy and work rate and his desire and levels have been something I haven't seen before at Arsenal. And I'm not just talking about, you know, him scoring a couple of goals. Fine, he can score goals. It's, you know, I know he's a striker, but. His hold up play, his tracking back, his work rate, his desire—it's completely flipped, you know, um, from what it was at the start of the season to now. Maybe a couple, of, you know, games uh, have given him the confidence and the belief. But all of a sudden, you're looking at the bloke and thinking, okay, you might not be at the required level right now. But if this is what you can do at the age of 22, in another year or two, have you got levels to jump up to? Um, and I just, I just wanted to give him a bit of praise because we've all criticised him we've all thought he wasn't good enough and his desire more than anything wasn't you know up to standard but he's coming to the side and forget about the goals he his work rate commitment levels and the desire has been top notch in this last sort of four or five games and i think credit needs to be uh, you know he needs to be given credit for that mm, yeah no I, he does deserve some credit I, I, I still i think
2: he he's a bit lightweight we're get to into the um the contract talks around him and whether we offer him a new contract shortly. Um, the first half of the game up, up until that red card, it was two 0 It felt like it, I, I turned around to the guy in front of me and I said, um, "I said I said to him I said What's the goal difference between us and Tottenham?" Because it felt like it could have been four, five, uh, six goals even uh, by half time. The way the way the way we were performing in Leeds just didn't look like they were turning up at all. A half time comes and goes. 60 minutes in, I was watching match of the day, and the referee said, "This is a real walk in the park for Arsenal." Um, 66 minutes in, there's a set piece, uh, and Arsenal, who for 156 previous corners uh, hadn't conceded a goal, uh, we conceded um, a a poor goal from poor defending. Alex, what was your view on 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 that, and how disappointed were were you to? It was going to come at one point, but you know hundred and fifty seven goals. Would it be nice to go the whole season without conceding from a corner, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, I think like when I saw um the red card I saw it um obviously in, in the stadium um, in the Copenhagen derby so was I could see it uh, instantly that was a red card so I thought okay that's that's done now, that's the game. We've got the three points. Um and yeah then I think Leeds just um they stood back more and um we're hoping for something like that, the corner, uh, to get a goal from that. And um, I've been praising our new um, set-piece coach uh, who's come in, come in and just turned around how we approach set-pieces this season. And we've been brilliant, but I think it was just like a, a lapse of concentration because we were feeling so secure on the, on the three points. And then, um, yeah, it was just unnecessary.
2: Tony, did you did you feel like they felt job was done, uh, you know, and they were just like, there's a few comments on again on social media uh, of people saying they were a bit arrogant, uh, they, they were a bit complacent. Did you did it feel like that in the second half? I, the, the second half felt a little bit dead uh, up onto that point and then it got extremely nervous.
1: Yeah, I must admit mate, even at 2-0 I was I was saying to the fellas around me that we need to kill this game off because I don't care how good or bad you are in the Premier League. The Premier League's the Premier League for a reason. It's that entertaining because it, you know, a flip, you know, flip of a coin or something. The the unexpected happens and I I rewatched the game back um Sunday night um the full game and I didn't realize and appreciate some of the football we played in the first half was top top notch and even in the early yeah. part of the second half it was it was better than what i thought it was um but obviously we wasted a lot of chances i did think that there was a bit of um complacency a bit of arrogance um and maybe look when you've got such a big game like Tottenham around the corner like you do a cup finals etc you are you're only human you do sometimes have one eye on that and because of how bad leads were um you you know possibly was one eye on thursday um for me, I think there was there was moments in the game where we did show our inex- uh, inexperience. But there was also moments where I thought that we, we've we learned to do certain things to slow games down. You know, let's not go for the third and fourth now. Let's just see out the game, we won 2-1. Three points are all that matters at the end of the season. So there was pros and cons to it. Um, you know, we can look back and, and moan and criticise, but, you know, we've got we've got to look at the bigger picture and the whole picture and think, you know what, the position we're in now we would have taken a 2-1 win against Leeds at the start of the season to be in this position. So I don't think we need to dwell on it too much, but I do think that we raise our game against the bigger teams. And I think that's something mm. that as we improve under Arteta and get more experienced players, we will deal with the lesser sides, hopefully, um, a lot better.
2: Mm.
1: Andy's made a comment that Eddie scoring against his old club is
2: always going to happen. Uh, it's not his old club. He was on loan there. Uh, he's always been an Arsenal player. Um so uh, the next bit that we're going to talk about and finish this game um, is a bit that it's a player that infuriates me. Um, I I feel that um, he's never been good enough to be an Arsenal player or a Premier League player. Um, it's Nicolas Pepe. Now, I'm going to play this video clip. The people who are watching live will see it. I'll probably get done by YouTube and uh, it will be clipped out afterwards. But it is the, the play that where El Neni uh, uh, break up the plague. the ball breaks to Pepe and Pepe has got one job to do to get the play uh, get the ball around the last man. there's nobody in the goal the keeper's up at uh, trying to take a set piece as well so we'll have a look at this and then Tony uh, because I know how incensed you are about this you can talk about it first so we might as well talk over it because uh, I've blocked out the sound to hopefully get round uh, uh, the YouTube uh, and the copyright kings so the ball just,
1: just the point. what a tackle breaks breaks is it out of play what a tackle
2: from yes. El Elneny. El i was absolutely livid and screaming at that point when pepe slows down at this very point here to switch onto his left why he could have kicked the ball absolutely anywhere absolutely anywhere and got round um around that player he has the pace he might not have necessarily told he would have beaten uh, James Brintoff.
1: Tony, unmute yourself. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, he, did, he wouldn't have outpaced did, Dan James. Whether he knew it was Dan James that was covering, I don't know. Um, but I think I don't want to criticise him too much, Pepe, because at the end of the day, he hasn't had loads of minutes. Um, but there is certain fans there that are screaming, clamouring for him to start playing more and that. But when he plays, the fact is he's not delivering. You can't keep giving these players a chance when when they're not delivering. Now, he came on, he had sort of half an hour, uh, 20 minutes, half hour on Sunday. And he just looked completely disinterested. Whether he knows he's not going to be there in the summer, whether he knows that regardless of where he's going to play well, he's not going to start. I don't know. But I just, he's been around now for sort of three managers, including obviously the temporary Freddie Lundberg. And none of them, none of them rate him. None of them like him. We can't keep blaming managers in it. The player has got to start showing more application, more hunger, more desire um, to to want it. You know, I, I think he's I think he's heading out the exit door in the summer. I think he's had too many chances, three three years now yeah. or three, three years, whatever it is. Um, and and Sandy just I don't know. It was just typified what Nicholas Pepe's been about on the whole. At Arsenal, he's flattered to deceive. We've had a couple of glimpses of, of brilliance, but on the whole. I think you know he just he's got nowhere near his potential. Uh, at the moment, uh, Leeds
2: and Chelsea are playing uh, for us to possibly get um, uh, a third place.
0: Is he cutting out for you as well, Tony?
1: Yes, mate. Although to be fair, I've muted him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it was, uh, he was—he was about to say that. Speaking of Dan James, he's just uh, been sent off for for Leeds.
1: Yeah, I was just watching the game. Bit of a silly tackle. Um, well, yeah, it's a straight red. In in the modern game, you can't be tackling like that, stupid boy.
0: Yeah, that's reckless.
2: Sorry, my internet—my internet dropped out for a second. Uh, Alex, I was about to say to <laughs> you before you start talking about Dan James' yeah, red.
1: Uh, go on. No, no. Obviously, when you disappeared, and obviously when I you had your Tom Tit, you know, me and uh, me and Alex was just talking, saying how bad the tackle was. But on the third replay, it's actually worse than what I thought it was. It's it's a it's a naughty, naughty tackle. That is horrendous. Uh,
2: I haven't got it on because I'm concentrating on this. Um, Alex is is he a championship player at best? Then. Um... Oh, it again, hasn't it?
1: Pepe or Dan James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pe-
0: I think, Pepe. yeah I think so I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think you're you're speaking about Pepe. Um yeah, I think ever since he, he came came to Arsenal he, the, the price tag has just been weighing too heavy on, on the bloke. He um I think the expectations for him, from the beginning, was just way too high, um, and he's just been struggling in the in the Premier League. And I think one of the things he's been struggling with is he's just so one-footed, um, and as we saw in that clip, he just needs it on his left foot all the time. Um, and his competitor, of course, uh, right now is Saka, and he's just been been too good for him to have any any run of 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 play, uh, Pepe. But I think he'll he'll do good if he if he come to Spain or, or Germany. I think I think he could um he could you know find the form he had uh when he was playing in the French league. Um so yeah I think I think he needs to if you know reinvent himself and, and go to somewhere else um in the summer and we can bring in um someone better for instead of him.
2: Right, I've switched internet, I've gone back onto my mobile I, I, and if anybody's watching who worked at Sky help me out because this is awful uh, I signed a new contract um, and uh, like a lot of people who sign new contracts they down tools there afterwards we know a lot of players like that um, Right, so uh, before we go into the North London derby, uh, we were talking about Eddie. Tony, um, would you offer Eddie a new contract? He's on a free at the end of the season or do you let him walk?
1: Um. Yes, he's on a free transfer at the end of the season. Um, but obviously, as we all know, if he goes to an English club, we will get compensation. Obviously, that compensation varies between 7 million and 12 million, I think they're saying. So we will get some money for him. Um, would I offer him a new contract? Uh, even before this run of games, I was undecided, but I was sort of happy to say, you know, what if we give him a, a contract and he's a sort of third choice striker? I've got no problem with it. Um, His form over the last few weeks um, would suggest that if we're going to offer him a new contract, he's going to be the backup striker. Do I think he's good enough long term uh, as well as he's played this last few weeks? And as, as much as he sort of proved me wrong um, like over the last couple of weeks, I'm not sure he's good enough to take us to the next level. That's said and done. I look at certain players, Harry Kane's another example, that they do blossom later on. Eddie Nket is only 22. Could he go to the next level? Um, Again, I don't know that. Only the people that work with him on a daily basis will be able to tell you that. From what I've seen, I'm not so sure. But obviously, over the last few weeks, he has proved us wrong. And I did say, I think, in your Arsenal fans forum, if he scores the goals and takes us to the Champions League, I will give him a new contract um, as, as backup striker. But obviously, there's there's the there's the backup scenario. He, he, I don't think he could, over the course of a season he can be our number one striker. Uh, no, and that's no disrespect to him. Look, he may come on, he, he may flourish and blossom. And you know, f- flipping it around, though, mate from from his point of view, you're going right. If I leave Arsenal, you know, I want more minutes. He's not going to go to City. He's not going to go to Liverpool. He's not going to go to Chelsea. I think we're quite a way ahead of United at the moment. I think we're as a football as a an unbiased view, we're very similar to Tottenham at the moment. I think the the project that we're on is a lot better than Tottenham's, but here and now, we're we're pretty pretty similar. If you're going to go to I don't know a Wolves or something else, you are taking a massive step down, even if it's the first um, you know for first team opportunities, more more minutes. Would you not turn around and say, you know what, I'm going to accept the three year contract or two year contract that Arsenal are offering? I'm going to say to you know Mikhail, Mikael, look. I'm going to give it, you know, sign a new contract. But if at the end of next season, I'm not getting the opportunities as a gentleman's agreement, can I leave for 15 million, say? You know, that gives him more, because what he's doing now is either getting more money out of Arsenal or getting more offers elsewhere. You know, he's putting himself in the shop window. But from his point of view, very similar to what Ian Wright said, I'm not sure leaving Arsenal would be the best move for him, even if it is for guaranteed minutes. Um yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one on the whole, mate. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, Lucky, you know, I'm not in that position to, to to offer him a contract.
2: Alex, what would you do with um, Eddie and a contract? Would you give him a contract? Dembski says West Ham uh, have an ageing attack with Antonio. They don't really have enough strikers. Um, uh, would you see him go to West Ham or Crystal Palace or would you rather him stay at Arsenal?
0: I mean, like... I think in the situation we're in right now, with with our strikers, we like come at the end of the season. We don't have any strikers, so I mean, if we don't sign a new contract with him, that would mean us we'd have to go and replace him. Um, and you know, the rumours are pretty strong right now with Gabriel Jesus, but he can't really be our only striker. So we we definitely need another one. Um, but if we keep him, maybe we could. You know, just play those two. But I think, yeah, like Big T said, you've got to look look at it from his point of view as well. Um, and to see, like, would he want to stay stay at Arsenal and just be the backup striker? Or would he want to go and get more more playing time uh, elsewhere uh, at you, West Ham or Crystal Palace?
2: I, I think the player wants more uh, game time. I hope the club don't make the same mistake. And I was one who was... Uh, was behind them uh, to say, do it with Theo Walcott when it was signed the ting. Um, when it was like 25 million, the contract was going to be worth over five years or four years for for Theo. And I'm thinking, well, it would cost you more than that to get a striker of his quality. Um, do we use that logic again with Eddie? But uh, personally for myself,
1: I go on, go Tony. I, I I was just getting I personally for myself. Could- I'd probably let him go. Could the logic be used? Um, obviously, Theo may not be the best one, but uh, a player who we let go, similar age, you know, we, we had a year left on his contract, had a few injury problems, didn't really, we saw glimpses of what he can do. Oh, Matt just said it, Serge Gnabry. Um, we, you know, he showed glimpses at Arsenal where he could be the next, you know, big thing, but he had a few injury problems, didn't cement the place, then went on loan, didn't really do anything on his loan, similar to what Nketi had done at Leeds. I'm not saying Nketi will go on to bigger and better things. Um, you know, no one can see that. I, I just, with his record and the fact that he has got that poacher's instinct, um, he could go on to d- be a bit of a late, later developer because f- for although he's 22, he's not really had that much game experience. He's not had the most of the minutes. He's not had the most games. Uh, and like I say, I'm not saying he is going to go on to achieve great things, but I would just be a little bit wary that it could come back to bite us on the arse. That said and done. Do we keep him for sentimental reasons? And it's another one we're going to then struggle to sell in a in a year or two. I don't know. That's the, that's the option the club's got to do. But off the field, activities at the moment suggest that the club know what they're doing. Um, and, and long may that continue. So whatever they do, I will back. Uh, I think I'm just trying to download a...
2: a ben Bennett has just uh, sent me through a clip um, of... Uh, this song which was, was sang in the eaglet um quite a lot um uh the other night which is it should be up 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 in a second um let's talk about uh so eddie's contract that will come up ah, here we go
0: eddie's on fire. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's hope we're singing that on uh, tomorrow evening, eh, hey, hey, Tony? I would love to hear us singing that tomorrow evening. Um, moving on to uh, the next topic that I've got on our list, uh, which is El Neni. What do you do with El Neni? Um, I believe, uh, according to some sources on Twitter, I don't know how true it is, but he's been offered and signed uh, a new contract. It's a five, uh, it's a three-year deal. Um, he's 29, the the player, Alex, would you have given him uh, uh, a new contract? Would you have um would you have uh, uh given him a contract? If so, would you have given them that long of a contract?
0: Yeah, I think rumors are until the season of twenty five, twenty six, I'm pretty sure. Um which is I mean it's a fairly long contract, but um I mean we're gonna play a lot more games next season and hopefully the season after again so we're going to need quite some depth in our in our squad and i think he he's been playing for Arsenal at a long time now and he is a very good squad player stem success uh and he's you know he's got a bit of experience he's scored a goal uh, against barcelona in in the champions league um and he's been with us for a long time so i think he'll be he'll be good to have as a squad player also, like considering we don't have too many midfielders, so yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty happy if if the rumors are true that that he's uh, staying for a couple of years. Uh, Tony, on
2: on on El Nenny, on our WhatsApp group, you came along and said you remember the days when somebody went over the age of thirty, they were never signed, uh, never offered any more than a year. With this guy being twenty nine, gone on thirty, are you surprised that he was offered effectively a three year extension?
1: Um. <sighs> Yeah, I think I was, um, because for as well as he's done, you've obviously got to remember other bits. I mean, I'm I'm a big advocate, a big fan of, of having players like Holding and on any in the squad, um, and without being disrespectful to those two, they both know they've got limitations. They both know their role in the squad. They're they're on pretty pretty low wages for for you know um, professional footballers at clubs like Arsenal are on. Um, I think that it makes sense to keep him. You know, Holding's gonna be sort of fourth or fifth choice centre back, but he adds value to the squad. Again, El he's very experienced, he's gonna be sort of fourth or fifth choice midfielder. Again, he knows his role, he knows his place, he's not gonna cause any problems. Um, I think he was smarter to time than and I think his perform- performance is warranted that. Um I must admit I was expecting a two year deal. Um yeah. because of those reasons. But then in all fairness to him, he's as fit as a fiddle three-year, it probably makes sense to the club because if if he plays like he has done, um, it gives us a little bit of, you know, um, potential, you know, value in transfer fees. Although he's not going to command 20, 30 million, you know, if he continues his performances and comes in and does a job, someone may pay 10 million. So, I think it's a win-win all round um, and it yeah. just adds, it bulks up the squad ready for next year. They clearly want another midfielder, and, you know, another striker and, looks like Salah coming back. So clearly Arteta has identified that keeping valuable squad members is there, but we also need to bulk up the squad as well. And I, I believe he's captain of Egypt, Darry' he's, he's one of the senior mem- members of the, the, the Egyptian uh, squad no, as well. Most Salah, most captain of Egypt, but I think he is, okay. he, he is vital because of his experience. Yeah, so and
2: that was the point. It was his experience and his leadership skills that he would have, and that would help the likes of Laconga um, uh, uh, to come through and understand. Because Laconga does look like a little bit of a rough diamond, and I think he will come good. Um, El Neni, before we even went on the video, uh, myself and Big Steve uh, used to talk about El Neni as the water carrier, and that he was, um, you know. Every team needs something like that. Andy Fink mentions Gilberto, even Edu. Some of some of those players um, weren't necessarily the most flamboyant uh, characters or flamboyant players, but they do a job within 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 the squad. And you do need various characters. Go on, Tony. I've got your face. I was
1: say, you look at more players. I mean, I think Gilberto. That's, that's a bit of unfair on him because he done a job. I I, I sort of use El as an example of like you know, your John O'Shea's, your, your, your Phil Neville's not necessarily the greatest, but done a job for United. When you look at their trophy cabinet, they knew their role. They knew they were squad players. They were happy to be there. And they were happy to be part of the squad, but not necessarily first choice. I think that's the ilk of, of El Uh I mean, he's taken his chance again the last few weeks, something that I don't think any of us could believe. But, you know, I think he's quite a popular fit, um, character around the, around the training place, um, training centre, apparently he's quite a, um, a popular member so that obviously adds to the value of the younger players as well and I, I like his
2: I don't know if you saw on Twitter Alex uh, I like there was um, uh, a thing on Twitter where he said um, he was calling out to the trolls I think probably uh, and probably calling out to a lot of people who got on maybe uh, Shaka's back support me don't uh, support me on my bad days and, and don't just praise me on my good days uh, because that's what it is to be a supporter did, did you see that Alex?
0: Yeah, so I just saw a, a small clip of it on Twitter as well. Um, but yeah, I think he's been very professional, um, El Nani, throughout the years. And he, you've never heard anything from him, um, and he hasn't really reacted on anything. But I get what he's saying because um, now everyone's praise, praising him to the uh, to the skies, uh, El Nani. Uh, but yeah. Uh, don't really have too much else to say on that one.
2: No, that's fine, that's fine. Listen, you might have a comment to say about Arteta. Arteta and uh Edeval, uh, the 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 ladies um uh, the WSL team coach both offered contracts extensions. Edeval to 2024 and Arteta to 2025. Happy with the uh, the uh I don't know very much about the WSL, so and the ladies football. I don't watch a lot of it. Uh, watch some in lockdown, but if we just look at the Arteta, Alex, happy with the Arteta signing? Happy with the project so far?
0: Yeah, I can help you on on the on the name. It's Eideval. <laughs> oh, 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 oh yeah, but, all um, you all,
1: all you all you Scandies are all the same, aren't you, <laughs> Alex? Alex, he struggled with English names, mate. Letting Scandinavian names. Yeah, I, I think it's name. the
0: Irish accent. <laughs> 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 no, but um. In all seriousness, uh, very happy about the, the Arteta contract. I think it's the perfect time. I think it's a good signal to send out, uh, it's a statement. Apparently, he was offered the contract uh, before we went on a, on a winning run. So really a statement from the, from the club to give him the, the trust um, to offer him a new contract. And I think um, it's good timing in regards to the transfers we're going to make uh, this summer. Uh I think when you look at um our neighbours, Tottenham, I think, you know, players coming from the outside, they look at the Tottenham project and you know, look at Antonio Conte and you know he hasn't really he has got the history of being at clubs for a very long time. Um and then when you look at Arsenal, you know, you've got more of a secure project with with our being there for the next years. Um, so yeah, I think it's brilliant.
2: Uh, and just sorry, I, I was listening to you, but Heath comes <laughs> up and says, "Heinz Martinelli." It wasn't Martinelli. I said it was Martinez, and then everyone would say mayonnaise. So thank you very much, <laughs> Heath, uh, for reminding me of my um, my uh, uh, soliloquy uh, uh, issues, like you know my 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 my, 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 my pronunciation issues. Um, Tony, uh, first. Are you happy with the um, the extension of his contract? And do you think that after that three day uh, three game losing run, Palace, Brighton, and Southampton ahead of the Chelsea game, do you reckon Arteta said, "I've signed a new deal"? Show, let's go out and show them. Do you, do you think any of that was shared in the dressing
1: room? I don't know. Um, obviously, it's come out that the club offered him a new contract, um, even after the three-game loss. Um, get the impression that maybe that was held off, whether it was Arteta, Edu, um, you know, just until it was a bit more positive. But obviously, it's been confirmed now. that There was a number of players asking Arteta what what his future was, whether he was going to be at Arsenal. Sometimes players like managers. Sometimes players want to know what's going on, uh, as Alex alluded to. Tottenham, um, you know, manager after manager, there's no real stability. Um, I've said from day one, even when we were losing, I could see progress. I could see where we're going, whether we was going to achieve the goals this season. I could see direction for the first. I know not everyone likes Arteta, but I, I feel like he's been a captain on a ship that was given control of that ship uh, during sort of a stormy, choppy season. Uh, Sort of sees, um, and I think he's helped steer us into a much calmer, uh, much much safer place. Are we at the end goal? No. Are we anywhere near where we want to be, or Arteta wants to be? No. But for a long time, and this is the back end of Wenger's years, and obviously Emery, I can actually see, you know, our destination in the horizon. How long that's going to take, I don't know, because, you know, for as much as Arsenal fans are crying out for Arteta to do this and win the league and that, when you've got City that just are going to win the league this year, but then go and sign Erlen Haaland and give him 500 grand a week. We're not going to compete with that. But as long as we continue to show progression, um, you know, we deliver performances and also just have the respect for us fans. You know, that is something I think has been huge for Arteta this year. He's demanding that win, lose or draw, they they applaud us fans. And it's just brought that whole, you know, connection, togetherness, unity uh, as one. Um, so I do, I do see good things happening. Um, if if we secure Champions League this season, I think we're a year, a year ahead of schedule. And I think that's massive, massive on and off the pitch. Um, and I'm hoping that all these youngsters click exactly the right time. And within the next year or two, we are a, a big club again. Not just a big club in name, but a big club on the pitch as well.
2: Yeah, I thought, the, uh, Alex, do you just want to correct uh, Tony on his pronunciation of, of Horland? because he, he got the pronunciation incorrect. I just want to...
0: I, you did pretty well, mate. Harland.
2: <laughs> Harland. <laughs> you don't Holland. have all
0: those letters.
2: <laughs> right, listen, uh, we're going to go on to the North London derby. Uh, myself and Tony are fortunate enough to be able to get there. It's like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. Um, it's my very first trip to White Hart Lane in any guys, be it uh, <coughs> <laughs> it be it for rugby be it at the old wide outline lane or the new wide art lane it is the first time Arsenal fans will uh, be in attendance uh, at the new stadium uh, we did start the rebuilding early at the old stadium uh, when we beat them in the league cup
1: um, which uh, I don't know if did you do you still have your tag from from that one Tony? Uh, That's the that game I wasn't at, mate. I was in Mexico for two weeks, Um, so that's one game I didn't go to. Probably the best of the lot, in all fairness. So, um, Matthew Flamini, what a double! Yeah. (laughs) So, um, what will your ritual be, Tony? Tomorrow?
2: What's Uh, what what are your normal North London traditions? What do you do?
1: You've been through this. You've been to this uh, fairground a few times. Yeah, just meet up with the boys, maybe grab a bite to eat, and then go for a few beers beforehand. Um, obviously, it's going to be a little bit different because of the way the away fans are situated this year. So, um, generally, we just we have a few drinks, you know, half hour, forty-five minutes before kickoff, we, we have a walk down Seven Sisters Road. And to be fair, I've n- never really had too much trouble walking down Seven Sisters Road. It's always when you get to the same corner, um, both sets of fans start, you know. They feel like they've watched a couple of episodes of Green Street and want to have a fight. But generally on the whole, I've never really had too much trouble. Um, Yeah, obviously it's not nice coming out losing. Um, We've had a bit of grief after losing games. But yeah, what will be will be, mate. It's uh, going to be a new experience tomorrow. Um, I think they're they're raring to go. They've got a a little bit of um, issues and gripe with us, obviously, postponing the game. They feel like... uh, you know they've got a bit of anger, anger issues to to release and let out, and yeah, what will be will be. Um, I'm just hoping come come full time that we're celebrating um, and uh, back into the Champions League because um, that would be some party in their stadium, I tell you. Oh yes, it would be, it would be. So I'm gonna have a cat jump up on me in a second. Um, Alex,
2: uh, what will you be doing? If you're a couple, you're a couple of hours. Uh, no, you're. Set, are you the same time? One hour, one hour ahead. One hour, one hour. Uh, oh yeah, I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of Cyprus, uh, where I've got friends out on holidays. To yeah, be fair, Alex, um, right? everyone's
1: ahead of Fergus. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um,
2: but w- 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 what's, what's your what's your ritual for like a Northland derby day? Your dad's originally from the UK, so he's probably gone through this a number of years and number of times with you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's quite annoying cuz normally i would um i would go into the pub uh we've got a designate designated arsenal pub in Copenhagen so i'd go in there with my mates and, and have a few drinks but um i'm actually headed uh down south in in the south of denmark to visit my family tomorrow so I'll be uh, i'll be in, in the quiet zone on the train um when when the game's on so i don't know if that's good or bad um but i, I don't know if i can bear to watch it on the phone um, yeah, I'm, I'm so, so what, ap- what happens
2: in the quiet? What happens in the quiet zone when Eddie goes up top and gets 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 a hat trick? Then all I'll in be, five I'll minutes,
0: I'll be screaming all over the place, and I'll be probably be kicked <laughs> out of the train. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, if he's, if, uh, if, I'll give you the money back for your ticket if he does that. Uh, oh, uh, you don't,
2: you don't need to. Don't worry. I, I, to be honest, I've booked Friday off. But because uh, one, I know, I've. I've Done. I've done the last four games in a row and at this end of season seems because of covid seems quite compacted and I think my voice along with a bit of hay fever and everything else is um is really struggling so I don't think I'll have a voice friday at all um yeah and I don't know what time I'm going to get home at either um Demski put up earlier on if Tomiyasu plays on the right because we talked about Tomiyasu playing on the right and you mentioned uh, uh, alongside Martinelli, um, who would you play on the left then, Alex? Because it was you who said that you thought Tommy Asu could control
0: Son. Yeah, I think is Son playing on the left or the right side? He's playing on the right side. It's no, he's where's he uh, playing, Son?
2: I don't know. I don't follow Tottenham.
0: Nah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I I mean it depends on if Ben White is fit for the for the game tomorrow because. My preferred lineup would be um, probably to have Ben White on the on the right back, and then uh, Tomiyasu on on the left back, with with Gabriel and Holding playing in in this in centre back, um, and then yeah, just trying to you know take some of the on the some of the things we learned from the Chelsea game into the ga- uh, Tottenham game, because um, that will give us some you know tacti- tactical uh, flexibility with with Tomiyasu and Ben White. Um, being able to play, you know, central defenders as well. So maybe uh, Saka or Martinelli could drop down in uh, in parts of the game to play wing back with uh, Tom Yasu on on the other wing back, and then with um, holding Gabriel and Ben White uh, playing in a five back. So yeah, I think that that would be the approach I'd I'd have with, if I was a Teta. I don't know about you, Big T.
1: Yeah, it's not, probably not a bad thing, mate. Um, regarding Ben White, I just we've topped them. When you look at them, and uh, you know, I'm not discrediting them because I don't like them. I despise them, but I looked at them this season, and they're not a formidable side like they were a couple of years ago. They, no. you know, I, I want to I say formidable side. They were better, obviously, than what they've been in years. But when they got, got the camp- Champions League final, they were a better, they were a better side than they are now. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I look at them now, and I just think that if you could. Song and Kane, it doesn't matter what you say about them. We don't like them. We despise them, etc. But they're very, very good players. They're very good players, yeah. Kane's probably in the world-class bracket. Son's certainly for his position, bouldering on that bracket. But they're a counter-attacking team and they rely on them to. If you could, you know, if they, if you were to turn up tomorrow and they were both injured, you'd go, I'll tell you what, I, I fancy this massively tomorrow because I don't fear them like I did a couple of years ago. Uh, listen, even when we was the Invincibles and playing a derby game, a derby's a derby and for me the north london derby's up there is one of the biggest in in the UK by far um i think celtic rangers is above that um there may be one or two that but i think tottenham and tottenham and arsenal is yeah it's a huge derby and i think it doesn't get um the credit it deserves because it is a fierce rivalry um and i just i just feel that the atmosphere tomorrow we just need to be sensible and not get caught on the counter attack that's where I'll sort of lead into it, mate, that with all the the noise, the atmosphere, obviously the game being postponed, et cetera, we just need to go in there with our minds that are going to be intelligent, switched on, and not be stupid. Because I think it's going to be get an, get evening,
2: off, been an evening kick-off. Off. Is, go gone. So I was just going to say, adding to it, like, the atmosphere side of things, it's been an evening kickoff, A lot of the lads, uh, the Arsenal faithful, will uh, have taken a half day or whatever, um, you know, but there will there'll definitely be plenty of beers on board, and and I believe that the Tottenham will do the same because it is it is always the biggest game of the season, isn't it? Like you know, away our home. It, the, 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 when the fixture lists come out, I always look at when's the derbies. When do we, who when do we play United? Because my brother's a United fan. Uh who do we play at Christmas? Who do we play at our birthday? On my birthday, who do we play on the wedding anniversary and the wife's birthday? See which one hopefully that there's none around then. So <laughs> but
1: um but it's, I mean, it's, it's
2: just it, it, If you're
1: on. a fan if you're a fan of either team and you say that Arsenal or Tottenham is not the biggest game of the season, then then you're not a true supporter. Um, you know, I, I have WhatsApp groups with my mates at Tottenham and we have Bantner and, you know, they've all said, you know, Tone, I don't know if I can do this this week. It's bad enough going to a North London derby just when he's bragging rights. But when there's so much at stake, it just, it, it multiplies that, that, that the, the tension by like, you know, by a hundred. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be electric tomorrow. And I just hope that we go in there with a sensible attitude and not get done early. Because if we concede early in the first sort of 20, 30 minutes, it allows them to play their game and hit us on the counter attack. And like I say, if you could if you could nullify Old Tweedledee and Tweedledum, the chance of us winning or getting the result again multiplied. I, I, I think
2: nullifying Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Is more about controlling the midfield, and that's what we've done in other uh, big games like this. Where we've where we've controlled the midfield, and when Brighton done it to us, and Brighton done it to Tottenham, if you cut out their midfield, then the supply doesn't come to to Kane and Son, uh, and and then you hopefully catch them on a set piece or catch them on a on a counter attack when they're pushing up. Like you know, it is the Champions League decider. Uh, if um, we win, that's it, the Champions League is in our hands. Um, there's still a long way to go, but a draw uh, and we must win at least one of the two games, which Newcastle away to Monday night is never going to be easy. Everton at the moment, I think, because of the lead situation and their drawing against Watford, who are relegated. Um, Everton at home should be, they should be safe, so hopefully on the beach, so we could get one of those two and lose. Uh, God forbid, um, we're one sting in the ground for a bloody long time, regardless, I think. But um, we must win the the, the last two games. Um, you know, hang on a second. What, he's in the chat. Ferguson, Tony, talking yeah, about Tweedle and Tweedledum. You couldn't make it up. <laughs> Trey's in the house. Tony, you've got to
1: come back to me about that no it's just uh it's just, yeah i can't i can't reply to a comment um if he was there in person um but in a couple of weeks i'll save it up and i'll give him all the banter he deserves fine okay so let's go for uh, predictions um
0: alex do you want to do a score prediction on this one i don't know if i want to do but yeah just we just need not to lose tomorrow um i think a draw would be fine um I'm very confident we could. Uh, we're going to beat Everton at home uh, in the final game where they're going to. I think they're going to be safe uh, from relegation in that game, uh, so they won't have anything to play for. Um, I'll go for one-one, mate. I'll go for one-one.
2: Um, Tony, are you as confident as Trev? <laughs>
1: uh I'm never confident mate uh, in a, in a derby in a, in a in a proper derby anyway it's not um look I think there's a lot of talk about us you know what we do and that ultimately we can afford not to win this game tomorrow Tottenham have to win that's the that's the difference Tottenham have to win and like just to reiterate what Alex said if we go there and we end up a full time and it's 1-1 2-2 we'll take the draw and then if you know you have got one win in the next two games to secure Champions League um he's spot on we we don't need to go there too gun ho we need to be sensible we need to we need to use our heads if we can use our heads and and use the experience of mistakes we've made this season I think we'll be all right and like I say I'll, I'll take a draw now um I'll, I'll snap your arm off now Fergus for a draw your arm my arm <laughs>
2: um to- Trev uh, has uh, changed his mind from five nil after your sensible conversation there, Tony, Pro, and he's gone. He's, for... he's he always agrees with me. <laughs> he does, he does, and he always buys you beer as well, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, I'll I'll take a draw. Uh, I, my my prediction is two two, um, and you know that that will do us. That will do us. Um, Alex, uh, you have to go back and monitor um, some people who've been naughty. Uh, and keep an eye on those tags. Yep. Big T's getting me busy over here. <laughs> no, he's still he's still beside the modem. He's all right. He's not gone that far. How did I know that? Um, <laughs> um, thanks very much for joining us, Alex. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you do enjoy the game, even if you're in the silent carriage on, on the train. Um, if you get kicked off, just make sure you record it and share it with us, and uh, we, we'll we we'll stick it up on the... On, on I'll, I'll be sure to do so, so mate. All right, okay. And, Tony, uh, thanks as always. I'll see you tomorrow at some point. I don't know what state I'll be in, but I will see you
1: tomorrow. Yeah, if I'm honest, it's probably be your usual state, so I'll, I won't be expecting too much. <laughs> Listen. You don't even name my name, old. you just <laughs> wave to me. Yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs>
2: Everybody's, mate, honestly. Uh, seriously, I, I Tony, the, I was at the football and I was going around to see Trev the other day and some guy goes to me say, all right, Ferg. I go, hello, mate everybody just mate it's the easiest way uh, you can't get a, you, you can't go too far wrong that way can't do go through, too far wrong that way uh, before we go let's have a little rendition of this to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans.
1: Thanks everyone for listening up Arsenal.
2: Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.